My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Good morning, everybody. All right, if you got your Bibles, uh, head over to 2 Peter. Uh, and if you notice at the top of your handout, uh, one, there is a staple, but two, there's also two dates. Uh, so as I was finishing up this lesson yesterday morning, the, uh, the amount of content in this lesson is, is, is very high. And I thought, you know what, we can, we've kind of already shot past our schedule to do uh, that last book of the year. Uh, so we're going to take two weeks on this particular text. Uh, and then I've got something else in mind for the last few weeks of uh, Sunday school this year. So we may talk a little bit about that next week. But uh, so our approach each week is to read, explain, apply, and personalize. And we'll do some of that for this week's text today. Uh, and then, Lord willing, we'll do the rest uh, next week. So we're in Second Peter. Uh, today we start chapter 3. Uh, and we'll go through verse 9. So I'll start reading from 1-1 one, one, all the way through to 3-9. And then we'll go from there. So Second Peter. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I'm in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice, which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. But there are also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, 
who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words, and for a long time their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly, and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked, for that righteous man, dwelling among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring reviling accusation against them before the Lord. But these, like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand. They will utterly perish in their own corruption and will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Baor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey, speaking with a man's voice, restrained the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also is he brought into bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit, and a sow, having washed, to her wallowing in the mire. Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded by water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire unto the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved... Do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, 
but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen to that. So if you look at your handout there, first question up is, are there any literary or structural observations? So let me, let me ask you a question. Did you, did you feel anything or hear or sense anything when we transitioned from chapter 2 to chapter 3? Yes, he stopped about them, right? We have, we've, it feels like we've kind of checked the them box pretty severely. Uh, yeah, so he is, he switches gears in chapter 3. Um, and, and I think it's very interesting because these believers that he's writing to are right then being deceived and right then being inundated with these false teachers. And where does he direct them? If you look in chapter 3, uh, where does he direct them for instruction? To the prophets, right? He says, you go look at the old words. Right? Which, Tim, I would argue, is a pretty good argument for today. Right? When we are in the midst of being uh, inundated with false information, where do we go? We go look at the old words. Right? This is uh, solid information that has not changed. This advice from Peter here. So we've made this transition. I want to make sure you see this transition as we move into chapter 3. Uh, so what are the most repeated words in Second Peter? There's several that are listed here. Um, the first of your blanks there is the word will, W-I-L-L. Uh, I've talked about this before, but this is this future indicative, this future tense, and this indicative mood, this idea that this is a statement of fact. Um, Peter speaks with great confidence, which if you saw Peter in the Gospels, I don't think that we would expect anything different. Uh, he's going to speak with great confidence. Here he's actually uh, moved by the Holy Spirit to write these words, which is fantastic. So we know that his great confidence is true in everything that he says, which is good to know. Uh, and then your next blank is the word know, K-N-O-W. Uh, this book is a lot about knowledge. This book is a lot about knowing and understanding uh, and being aware of both what is happening currently as well as what has happened in the past. So the most repeated words in this text, and there's a lot of them because there's a lot of uh, repeated words, uh, but your first blank there is day, D-A-Y. And she's not here. I was going to make a joke. That's okay. All right. Tell her we missed her. Somebody at that table where she always sits, they click. Because it's not spelled like her name. So, Oh, is she in nursery today? Ah, there we go. All right. Uh, so this word shows up four times in today's text, uh, and then either come or coming is your next blank, coming, uh, shows up three times in today's text. So this is a lot about uh, what is going to happen. Second Peter is one of the little books that uh, we get a tremendous amount of information about the future uh, relative to where we are. So go ahead and open up your hand out there. I hear them turning. All right, so let's take a look at what the words mean. So he starts off chapter 3 with uh, beloved. Uh, and if you are more of a uh, digital person than a paper person, you can go to OurSundaySchool.com, click on the Read tab, and all the teacher notes that I'm teaching from this morning with all the answers are there. Um, and then 
this is where we're at in our schedule. Um, the first week of this God's Promise is not Slack lesson. Next week, uh, Lord willing, we'll finish up. And then mid-November, we'll finish up uh, with Second Peter. So verse 1, Beloved, uh, it's agapetos. This is uh, this noun form of the verb uh, agape. Uh, I now write to you this second epistle. Now, now some of you have heard uh, before that not all of the letters that the apostles wrote are included in our canon, right? We know this. We're familiar with this concept that the apostles wrote lots and lots of letters, uh, many of which, most of which we think actually were, were not inspired by the Holy Spirit. They were just encouraging to a specific church or a group of churches. Um, but the ones that we have preserved uh, are very specifically called out for certain reasons. Uh, and this is his second epistle. And um, the word epistle, does anybody know what it means? A written, anybody know? Message, a written message. And I put the Greek word in there for you, epistole, uh, because epistle is a weird English word, right? Uh, and it's literally just one of those transliterated words where we just take the Greek word and uh, convert them into English letters, and away we go. So a written message, and then there's this little parenthetical. And, and Peter does a lot of these, uh, and you, you may hear me struggle as I read Second Peter chapter 2. Because if you look in your Bibles real quick in Second Peter chapter 2, uh, looking at verse 4. Um, if you read verse 4, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. And, and then from verse 5, verse 6, verse 7, and verse 8 are all just an expounding on verse 4. And, and when I read it, I run out of air. Because when you read something that's an expansion of something else, you typically don't take a breath. You typically just keep talking and away you go. And then you can breathe afterward. And, but I can't get through that many words without breathing. Because in verse 9, he says, Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. So, so Peter does these little rabbit trails constantly. And this is a, a bit of what he does in verse 1 in chapter 3. So, beloved, I now write to you this second epistle in this parentheses in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. So a couple words I want to look at here. Uh, I, in both of which I stir up. Uh, the blank here is to wake fully. Now, how many of you wake up like that? I have my hand raised. My phone wakes me up. Nobody else's phone is their alarm clock? There we go. Thank you. I was going to say. Yeah. It's, it's very serene looking, isn't it? Yeah. Now, the problem with this is it's like, who? It, like, where are they? We're at 6 o'clock in the morning. It is this bright. Right, this is just a, no, I don't want to, this must be in Alaska or something. I don't know. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. But this is the what? Six in the evening. Six in the evening. Oh, wow, dang. <laughs> I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave that one alone. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to leave that one alone. Um, no, so this is the word that he's using here. So I'm, I'm going to stir you up. I'm going to wake you up, which implies what? They're sleeping, right? And, and, and what, what is he going to wake up? What part is he going to wake up? Your pure minds. Um, now, this word for pure is a very interesting word. Uh, it, it means judged by sunlight. Judged by sunlight. And, uh, and if you've been in this class for, I don't know, more than today, uh, you're probably aware that I am not a huge fan of sunlight. 
Um, I don't like outside. Uh, I love indoors, high-speed uh, internet connections, and air conditioning. I think it's fantastic. It's one of the great inventions of our world. Um, but sometimes we need to shine light on something to get an understanding of what is exactly going on. Right? We need just a little extra light on the situation. And that's what this word for pure means. This means this has been tested. This has been examined. This has been put under a lot of scrutiny. This, this has been, light has been shown on this, and it has been deemed to be pure. So it's not just you're walking by the shelves uh, in the supermarket trying not to sing out loud to the songs that are being played, and you see something that is labeled as pure, and you go, yes, absolutely, I know that's pure. Well, do you? Maybe. For some brands, it might be. Maybe, maybe for some brands, you have judged it, you have used it, you are confident, you know. But for some brands, you might not be sure, right? So this is the word for, I have examined this, I have tested this, we have brought it into the daylight, and you are, in fact, pure. Their minds are pure. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to stir up, I'm going to wake you up, I'm going to wake up your pure minds by way of a reminder that you may be mindful. Uh, and this word for mindful is to remember. So where is this all happening? Like where is verse uh, 1 and the first part of verse 2 happening? Like point to it. It's in your head, right? This is in your mind. So, so he's just writing this message to wake you up. Uh, you've been judged by sunlight to be pure. Uh, this is a reminder that you may be mindful, that you may remember the words which were spoken before. You see the Greek word there, prolego? The, the pro is the before, and the lego, uh, Justin, that's how you spell it, uh, is you're never going to live that down. So just that's, just, that's okay. Awesome. Good. I'm glad. Because you keep coming back, and that makes me happy. So. Um, so this is to say already to predict. So these are the predictions by the holy prophets, these foretellers, these people that lived before, that wrote things down, that God told them to write, uh, or that spoke things that God told them to speak. So I'm going to have a reminder for you of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. So they were asleep to what had been written before. That, that's a, that's kind of a scary judgment, isn't it? Because you just kind of read it on the surface and you go, oh, you have pure minds. Awesome. Yay. But they're asleep, right? And for those of you that have ever uh, had uh, somebody that you've worked with or children or a family member or really any other human being that you've had a conversation with and you're like, will you wake up and be with me here for a second? It's like you're, I'm talking to somebody who's asleep and this is his mood here, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before. So now, he has just gotten done talking to them about these false teachers that are here right now. Now watch me for a second. About these false teachers that are here right now and that are coming in the future. And how does he deal with this? He sends them to the past words of God. So the prior words of God will help us with the reality of now, and whatever is coming in the future. And this is a great comfort to the believers, right? 
Because the only thing that I know for sure about the future comes from this book. Like literally a few weeks ago in Sunday school, I showed you a picture of a sinkhole in a parking lot where I parked next to that spot. I, I kind of generally feel like the road itself should be stable and shouldn't go anywhere. But I'm really not so sure, right? Because the road itself can wash away. I mean, have you seen the news lately with the storms that have been going all over the place? These things that we think are this, these structures that will last, that will endure, not really. And we're going to get to some of that next, uh, week after next, I believe. So I want you to think about something for just a second. I'm, I'm sure you already considered this. Uh, but when Peter was writing this letter, the, the word of God was the Old Testament. We have more than Peter had. That's awesome. This is good, right? This is really good. This is part of this. Uh, God continually reveals more of himself across human history. It's a really beautiful concept. So uh, verse 2, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us. What was the commandment of the apostles? Yeah, love one another. It was Jesus' commandment, right? These guys were, the, the thing I love about them is that they were generally considered not academic and not overly bright, right? You've heard me talk before about uh, the educational system uh, this time uh, in the world. And for Jewish uh, boys, sorry girls, you, you guys, you, you didn't get to go to much school. I hate it for you. Um, but for Jewish boys, uh, the age group that Jesus picked from to be his disciples, if you were really intellectually gifted, you were already on the spiritual rabbi training track, right? You, you didn't, you didn't like, Jesus didn't pick from somebody else's disciples. He picked from fishermen and tax collectors and just from what we can tell, kind of guys that were walking by. Um, and, and he prayed uh, earnestly about which ones to pick and he followed God's will and was led by the Spirit. And at the same time, these guys were likely considered uh, intellectual idiots. Uh, you remember in Acts, what was one of the comments that was made? These are uneducated and untrained men. Yeah, like it, it, and it's a beautiful testimony to be able to say, I know you and I know your background and the only explanation for what you're doing right now is divine intervention. Like, that's pretty amazing, right? That's a beautiful testimony. Um, so the apostles, I think, pr probably weren't, uh, and I, I don't mean this as a diss, I just want you to get the educational background. I don't think they were academically gifted enough to come up with a new commandment. I think they just knew... Jesus gave us one, we're just going to preach that. And this works really, really well. So, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before uh, by the prophets and the commandment of us, uh, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. So, oh, yes, Jesus didn't go on a rabbit trail. That's right. No rabbi trails? Yes. Thank you, Sean. There we go. See, I, that was so bad I had to share. That was so bad I had to share. And it was clean enough to share, so that was great too. So there's them. 
verse 3, so he's, he's continuing this thought, knowing, and this is a present active participle, so what does that mean? Repeatedly knowing, that's right. Uh, and, and something I hope that we, I have beaten into you at this point with Second uh, Peter is that Peter does not, he does not applaud anyone or deride anyone for one-time behavior. He applauds people for repeated behavior in the direction of holiness, and he derides people, and he scorns, and he, and he uh, chastises those for repeated behavior in the direction of ungodly. Uh, it is not a, well, you know, you made that mistake that one time, so you're out. No. And, and what do we say to that, Miss Becky? We say, thank you, Lord, that that is not the case. Because this room would be empty, <laughs> and the building would be, I don't know what it would be used for, something else. Um, but if, if it was one strike and done, then uh, we're all out. Uh, and I'm glad it is one strike and done, uh, because then that shows us our need for Jesus. And he met the need and the expectation, so we're not done. Ooh, yes, this is good. So, repeatedly knowing this first, this proton, this the very first thing, either the first in time and place and order uh, of importance, but repeatedly knowing this, that scoffers, or your blank here is a false teacher. This is a derider. You, you probably don't use the word derider very often to describe somebody, right? You probably just use the word jerk, <laughs> right? Um, or another word that I'd get in trouble for, but uh, that uh, deriders or false teachers, mockers or scoffers, will come. So this is another one of those future, uh, it's either, uh, it's a middle opponent, indicative is your blank, indicative. And remember, the indicatives are the statements of fact from the perspective of the writer. So Peter sees this as a factual thing that will happen. Scoffers will come. And I think he knew this because he experienced it and because the Holy Spirit was telling him this, the scoffers will come. Um, Oh, wow. I'm going to chase it. Um, I'm going to chase the rabbit trail. Uh, Dave said he doesn't go there often. He just goes there just a hair. Wow. That was so bad. So bad. Hair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, repeatedly knowing this first, that scoffers, these false teachers, will come. Now, has he already made this point? When did he make this point? Just pick a verse at random in chapter 2, right? <laughs> he's made this point over and over and over. Like, and it's a short letter, right? I mean, if you sat down and wrote somebody longhand a letter this long, that's like something's wrong. That's a long lot of words. But... For a, a Bible letter, this is a pretty short letter that scoffers will come. When? When are they coming? It's open book. In the last days, in the eschatos. In the last days. So are we in the last days? Definitively, yes, we are. Absolutely. Now, the, the question that I don't know the answer to is how long do the last days last? They thought they were in the last days, right? They last as long as God the Father has uh, designed or set outside for them to last. Um, and that's your answer. So when you see something on the Internet that says, in so many days, Jesus is coming back, 
you can rest assured that this person has not read the Bible. They need to get a t-shirt, a white t-shirt from Walmart, and a black magic marker. And they need to write on the t-shirt, I don't know my Bible. And then you should wear it when they say stupid things like this. My favorite psychology professor in college would say that constantly about bad psychological movements and teachings. He said, got to get your t-shirt, folks. Go buy them a t-shirt. He said, and label it for them, too, because they won't know it. So just go ahead and label it. I'm like, thank you, Dr. Mazak. It's good stuff. So verse 3, knowing, repeatedly knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days. Walking, and this is a present participle, so this is repeatedly walking, according to their own lusts. So repeatedly, habitually, a lifestyle of doing whatever feels good for me. And this scares me because like, America and Amazon are structured so that I can live a great big chunk of my life to do whatever repeatedly desires to me. And then verse 4, he gets really specific. And saying, Justin, what's the Greek word there? Verse 4? That'd be lego, yes. That's exactly right. This, it's very similar to logos, the Greek word for the word. And saying, lego, this is present active participle, and I've misspelled active. Look at that. Do you see that? <laughs> What'd you say? Karma, yeah. I don't believe in karma, but I do believe in Galatians 6, 7. So. <laughs> yeah, Galatians. It's Galatians. That's right. Thank you, Darla. Uh, so let me pause here for just a moment. If you ever see, let me, let me rephrase that. When you see uh, typos or misspellings on the handout, please let me know. I would love to correct them because I do post these online. Uh, and it makes me look even more stupid when I misspell words like active. So. <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> acting. Uh, so the present active participle, so this is repeatedly saying. So we have this repeated lifestyle of walking according to their own lusts and repeatedly saying what? Where is the promise of his coming? So I believe Peter's already answered this question. What would Peter's answer to the, prom to the question of where is the promise of his coming be? Looking back, Right? He is coming back. And we, while we are like one good step this way from where Peter was, our direction is still the same. We look back to have peace about the present and comfort about the future. And if we look forward to have comfort or peace about the present or the future, that's not good. Because myself, I have no ability, David, to look, I love that now I can say, David, and both of you look. It's fantastic. It's so wonderful. I'm so happy. And we're still praying for the house. When's the closing date? All right, great. So it's trick or treat, right? <laughs> okay. Sorry, that was probably raw. I'm sorry. That probably wasn't good. Um, on November 1st, I'll say that as a joke after it's closed, right? That'll be the, great. Um, I totally forgot where I was. Yeah. So where is the promise of his coming? The promise of his coming was written uh, before time by the prophets of old. Uh, and this is beautiful. So he continues here in verse 
uh, 4, he says, For since the fathers fell asleep, what does that mean? They're dead, yes. Uh, and, and this is actually one of, the, uh, one of the things that threw me really hard when I was a little kid, uh, reading the Bible or listening to it being read in uh, church. I'd hear somebody say, yeah, they fell asleep. And, and, just the, and the preacher would go, and that means you died. And I'm sitting there going, well, I'm going to sleep tonight. So, like, this is, like, what's this? Somebody needs to, like, slow down and explain this to me. So, euphemisms for something else. If you have small children, just review this with them once in a while. Just make sure that they're okay, that Jesus watches over them. The Father watches over them. The Spirit is protecting them. God has sent his angels to watch care for us while we sleep, which is the only reason I can close my eyes and have any faith in the future, uh, because we look back and see what his word says. So, uh, dead prophets feels like a good place to stop for today. Uh, so we will, so mark your, mark your hand out there, so since the fathers fell asleep, and we will pick up from there, Lord willing, I'm marking mine, start here. We will pick up from there, Lord willing, next Sunday. Um, I keep saying Lord willing now because uh, God has taught me a few things this year. And one of which is, that's good, nice, isn't it? Um, yes. Uh, and one of them is, I got to think he laughs at my schedules. Um, <laughs> right? And some of you that uh, have been laughing at my schedules for years, uh, I, I'm getting it now, right? So I, I think there's a, a very real sense in which uh, we plan and prepare as if he is not coming tomorrow. You know, you got to count the cost and you got to uh, plan. But there's a very real sense in which he is sovereign and he will move things around as he sees fit, and that is good. Uh, literally, every schedule related to the Bible this year that I have made has been adjusted. Every single one. Which is why I am thinking about doing a really long book of the Bible the next couple of years and not having a schedule. Like, it's just, like, it's just, like, it's just fingernails on the chalkboard. I whispered it to a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago, and he, like, he got choked on his Mexican food. It was, like, it was scary, scary for me to... I know, like I'm literally, Doug, like, can you see that? Like, it literally makes me sweat in worry, like, in worry about, yes, it's just, it's just like, no, 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 I don't, I don't mean, I didn't say stop planning. There will always be a plan. The scheduling component is the part that I, and kind of getting whacked around a little bit on, so, so there's that. But uh, we will pick up with the, uh, the dead prophets next week. Uh, feels like a good spot to, to pick up. So your weekly update is on the table. Uh, please make sure, if you would, as you guys have at this table, well done. You get extra credit in heaven for that one day. Probably not, but somebody's keeping count. Uh, please make sure that your attendance is written at the bottom. Uh, share any prayer requests, and then uh, after you have prayed, you are dismissed. Thanks for coming to Sunday School today. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.